Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast, featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cavs the Blog bloggers. Welcome to Cavs, a podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with Evil Genius and Sam Meyer. Do you go by Sam or Samuel? Sam's good. Sam's good. Okay. Well, uh, shorter. <laughs> the Cavs just uh, took out, swept the Indiana Pacers in four this afternoon. Never a yeah. doubt, right? <laughs> Did you read the stat that there's never been a, a four-game sweep? With such a low total point margin. Yeah, I did see that. 16 points was the total point margin. But, I mean, in my mind, that just speaks to who this Cavs team has been all year. And it's the team that, you know, does just enough to win (laughs) when they want to win. Yeah. Although, that being said, LeBron was just otherworldly this series. I mean, he was just... Unbelievable in every phase of the game. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that Euro step where he took a step to the right and then jumped back over to the left um, yeah. for the layup. And like he, he was he had a couple layups where he he picked up the ball at the top of the key and and it like wasn't a travel when yeah. he got it. I mean, he was just <laughs> gliding effortlessly through the air and. Yet another triple double, uh, a 33, 10, and 10. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. just a Sorry. 10 and 33, 4. 10, and 4. Sorry, I was looking at the box yeah. where wrong. Then four assists, four steals, and two blocks, and both those blocks were ridiculous. Um, yeah. Well, it was shades of the the block in the down, yeah. finals. Yeah, yeah the, the one that he had on um, Thaddeus Young. Right. Somebody on the live thread was just like, that's it. Um, 
Thad Young should just fade from existence now. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, I, I almost see the, like, well, the Mario, the wow, wow, Yeah. <laughs> well, did you catch the uh, Grizzlies game last night? No, I haven't. I've got it yeah. saved. I keep meaning to. Yeah, I saw that. It, it's just a random, uh, Andrew Harrison had the same kind of block in overtime. Oh, yeah, he did. Like, it was good. the exact same play, so. I, I can't remember who he blocked. I think it might have been uh, Tony Parker. But that's like, Tony Parker should definitely retire now. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's one thing to get that done by LeBron, but Andrew Harrison, like, oh, yeah, you just need to stop. Yeah. It's not working anymore. It wasn't even like Wayne Selden. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, Nate, to your point, I think that LeBron did – LeBron kind of epitomized what you're talking about. He did just what he needed to do. For the for the Cavs in each game, I mean, when he came down, Tom mentioned it on the Instacap, which I've only caught the first half of. But whether it's uh, pick and roll, when he hit that model. three, State it was just, knows the power of having you know, it was right just like, the Well, is- this is what we need right now. We just lost the casual. Hey, hey EG, yeah, can yeah. you start over? At Tom mentioned it on the Instacap. Yeah, sure. Okay, you want to count me down or three, two. So when Tom mentioned it on the Instacap uh, about LeBron doing kind of what the team needed, where he just would come down and they were down by two and they'd lost the lead and he's kind of looked around and said, well, we need a three. And he took the three and he made the three. And that was pretty much that. Like that, that kind of epitomized the whole series where you, know, you look at, at – the way they played and how close the games were and how much they had to fight back in the third game and just whatever they needed, he gave them and, and you know, they, they just never really seemed like they were in trouble. Weirdly. Um, I mean, they, they had the same, the same warts from the regular season on defensively in the fourth quarter where aside from the game three where they, they, they were behind. So maybe that's the trick, but uh, the other three games, they definitely gave up leads, you know, significant leads in the fourth quarter and they survived it. So they survived it against the, the Pacers remains to be seen if they can survive it against better competition. But um, I would guess that, probably they'll still be able to survive it against any team in the East. Yeah. And to your point or what Tom said, I mean, let's just take a second to go through LeBron's box scores through the series, 26 points, almost eight rebounds, seven assists, 1.6 blocks, two and a half steals, um, 54% from the field, 45% from three. And the only wart was that, 58% from the free throw line. And I got to think that, you know, it probably crosses teams' minds to maybe play Hackabron. And somebody mentioned in a live thread, doesn't get called half the time anyway. So, (laughs) or he ends up with an and one half the time. But you got to think teams are just afraid of letting him get into a rhythm there anyway. So, (laughs) you know, just keep it sporadic when he's on the line. But yeah, he was, he was otherworldly. So, uh, and then an average of um, about 44 minutes a game 
I mean, we saw him basically sit the end of a little bit, the end of the first, and sometimes at the end of the third quarter, and that was yeah. it. But he didn't ever seem gassed, and I think that was the the part that, I don't know if it surprised me, but certainly he seemed conditioned for it. Like, well, Paul George, Paul George seemed, well, well, I was just, there was a comment that Nate, that uh, Nate McMillan made in his press conference when they asked him about Paul George and why he had such a bad game. And he said, well, he's been playing like almost 40 minutes a game each four games. And, you know, he just finally was worn down. And I wanted to say like, well, LeBron's averaging like 44 a game. And he was, had plenty, he had enough energy to do the chase down block. And he had enough energy to hit that last three (laughs) and grab that last couple of rebounds. So now I will say LeBron looked gassed at the end of game three. When they were running the prevent. I'm just saying that was the only time. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the prevent offense. Uh, that right. they were running at the end of that game, but he still had enough. Uh, did he hit a th- he hit a three right towards the end of that, and then uh, the opposite of this game, uh, Jr. took him home that game with the the little crossover and pitching right. it out to Channing Fry for the beautiful pass, be- beautiful move, beautiful pass. Uh, unlike tonight's pass, which was <laughs> not intelligent and not beautiful. Uh, oh man. Um, yeah, I wouldn't trade him one, for anything. <laughs> take us through that one, Sam. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it was just the most Jr. play of all time. You know, Jr. giveth and Jr. taketh away. But I mean, it was a, a a good defensive possession, and you know, I the second they got the seal and Jr. was streaking up the court, I was like, all right, that's game over. And I at first I thought he like he fumbled the ball or something. Like I didn't think he really tried to pass it. Behind behind his back. I thought I thought something had gone wrong. But <laughs> right. every the replay is very, very evident. He tried to pass that behind his back with six seconds to go in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. <laughs> it was one. great. <laughs> it, it it brought back the Steph Curry behind the back yeah. that got turned into a meme last year during the finals. Oh, oh my god. Just the behind the behind the back out of bounds and well, but yeah, I, the he, funniest... he didn't look like he knew it. He, he looked like he was his mind was ahead of, of of his actions. Like he couldn't believe that he had the ball, and he probably should have just he probably just held the ball. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, like yeah. it's not a well, bad then, it's not a bad free uh, throw shooter. The funny thing is, he could have just thrown a lob, uh, like a little loop pass up over Paul George, and Kyrie yeah. could have got it easy. But the even funnier thing was, it's like he tried to pass it. Through Paul George, it was like, yeah. like of all the places to, he could have passed that five other places, and it wouldn't have been nearly that bad of a pass. It was just like just gave it right back to him. Fortunately, the Cavs were able to steal it back. And well, then, well, then I thought, I thought for sure he was he had fouled Paul George on the three on the three shot that he yeah. took after he grabbed that ball. And I yeah. thought, oh no. <laughs> he, 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 he he's trying desperately to give this game away. Yeah, I guess they were up by three and that and not Paul one, George. But... Uh, yeah, and that Paul George seemed to make every other clutch three this entire series somehow. I think that yeah. was the first like big three pointer that he's missed in the entire series. Yeah, he had a pretty good look at it. I mean, he was a little rushed, but he still. I mean, that was I mean, he had an open look, and and it was way off. I mean, it, it, it wasn't it even didn't close. Him. Yeah, it hit the backboard and. 
Yeah, have you guys seen the uh, the video where they interspice that Gatorade commercial where he's got his back turned as he's walking away from the shot and it goes in? Uh, well, they interspice <laughs> yeah. that shot with that video. It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't seen that yet. It's pretty pretty brutal. Well, the, my favorite thing about that whole JR play is just your average NBA player in that if you replace them with JR Smith in that position, there's probably... 50 or 60 different things that they would think of. Okay, this is a potential thing I could do at this point. There might be three players in the NBA that would add that 61st different thing being <laughs> to be behind that back pass. And two of them were playing in this series, J.R. Smith <laughs> and Lance Stevenson. That's yeah. true. The only, my only regret with this series is that we did not see them guarding each other more. I think the universe would have exploded. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would have just been too much for too much swag for in one concentrated area. That's probably oh, true. Gosh, yeah, I, I mean, um, so yeah, you talked about Paul George a little bit, and and we talked about LeBron, but I mean, is this the was that the last game we see Paul George in a Pacers uniform? Well, it, I think somebody said it. It really depends on whether or not he gets voted the All NBA. Because if he's all NBA, then the Pacers are the only team that can, can they can offer him like seventy million dollars more than any other team. And if that's if he wants to cash in on that, then he's really got no choice but to go back to them. And it sounds like the Pacers would offer that to him, anyways. But if he doesn't make all NBA, then I think all bets are off. And I think a, Larry he's Bird make at least the third team, right? I think so, yeah. And then I think I think in, in that case, I think Larry Bird probably does everything he can to to get whatever he can. Uh, probably makes some calls to his buddy Magic Johnson uh, in L.A. Probably you know try to get some some uh, draft picks from Portland or since they've got a surplus of first rounders this this year, or maybe try uh, see if if Boston wants to revisit. Uh, you know, and it seems like Danny Ainge never pulls the trigger, but if he feels like he could get the, the better of his old pal, Larry Bird, then maybe he would. Who knows? But one thing's for sure, I don't think Larry Bird lets another offseason go by if he knows he can't offer more than anybody else because Paul George has been nothing but noncommittal to Indiana. And... Seems like he's he's made it pretty clear that he'd like to, if he had his preference, he'd probably like to go play somewhere else, either L.A. or a, or a, a team that's got a better shot to win. Uh, my yeah. thought on that whole game was that that he was checked out. He wanted no more, no moss, in the words of uh, uh, was that Roberto Duran. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it, for for as many times as he seemed to throw his teammates under the bus throughout this series, whether it was CJ in Game One for taking the shot and not giving it back to him, or uh, Miles Turner and um, Lance not stepping up in Game Two, he didn't really have much to say in Game Three because that was just ridiculous. Yeah. But you look at this game, and you know uh, Jeff T. Six of twelve, fifteen points, ten assists. Uh, Miles Turner, twenty points on eight of ten shooting and nine rebounds. Um, Thad Young, thirteen points, 
10 rebounds on 6 of 14 shooting. Lance Stevenson was huge off the bench. 9 of 15 hit four threes, like which he, he shoots normally under 30% from threes with six rebounds, three assists, 22 points. I mean, he led the, he led the, led the whole team. And then you have Paul George who goes five for 21, three of nine from three and for 15 points and basically kind of pulls the no show. So I, to me, that was LeBron James against the Boston Celtics in 2010. Uh, Maybe you know my elbow hurts. I I just felt like he was just totally checked out that game, and um, and, and it was interesting because you mentioned Lance Stevenson a little bit. I felt like uh, his hesitation to shoot jumpers and he got in his own head a little bit uh, in Game Three was a big reason the Cavs came back. And I think the coaches like, dude, step into that shot. You've got to take that yeah. shot when they leave you open. Otherwise, you're not. Uh, you're not helping us. And and one of the things that happened, and you saw it with the um, in game three, and then you saw it with the bench unit, especially in game four, was they went to that matchup zone uh, with uh, LeBron and Fry and Dar- Darren Williams and Kyle Korver. And I can't remember who the fifth member was. Uh, Chump. 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 Basically yeah. the bench lineup. They went to that matchup zone, and it really stymied the Pacers. They kind of didn't have an answer for it. They finally got a play out of it where they where they got Lance a three, uh, where they where they kind of ran some zigzag handoffs, and he got a right wing three. But until that point, I mean, Pacers just had no answer for it. And I got to give Tyloo props. That was a great wrinkle, big factor in the comeback for game. Three in a in a big factor tonight uh, when LeBron was dominant with the bench units. Yeah. yeah, the only thing that makes me think that George isn't going anywhere is first of all, I don't know that he's making a one of the All NBA teams this year. It would really not surprise me if he doesn't because they group it as forwards. So there's six forward spots that he's competing for. But uh, it all depends if they if they count Anthony Davis as a forward or a center. That's true. But uh, the, the reason I think that he, he probably will be back next year is he's made it pretty clear that he wants to go to L.A. And from what I've heard, specifically the Lakers. So if you're Boston or or the Clippers or some other team, are you really going to take a one-year flyer on him, knowing that Larry Bird's going to ask for everything under the sun? And if you're the Lakers, you know he's coming to you in a year anyway. So why why would you trade away your assets? So I, I got a feeling he'll at least be there for the first half of the season and maybe be traded before the deadline, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it should be interesting. I'm not 100% sure that if George says I'm not coming back next year, they don't deal into the Lakers in the offseason, especially did well – a lot of it may depend on what happens to the Lakers in the draft lottery because I think their pick is top three protected. If they yeah. don't have their own pick, they got a lot less to trade. Um, but if they do have their own pick, I mean, if Paul George is going to the Lakers, you're not going to be one of grooming a rookie. And they have a lot of guys. I, I think most of the top guys in the draft this year are either point guard or swing men. And they have a lot of those guys on their team already. So they, they can yeah. move some of those guys. You'll see the Lakers are going to be really active this offseason. 
Well, and you could see, especially with Magic there, uh, you know, I mean, they've already been talking about it. And I'm sure they, the Laker luck seems to be turning uh, at least a little bit now that the uh, the ownership, you know, the, the gym uh, with Jim Buss has stepped aside and yeah. Jeannie's taken over with Magic. And like if they can keep, if they can hang under their pick and they wind up with, you know, if Fultz goes number one and Lakers wind up with ball, with ball with Lonzo Ball, and they can move um, Jordan Clarkson or or um, D'Angelo, one of those guys, and and one of their front court guys, then I could see that. I mean, that that's a decent core if you can put Paul George and if ball if Lonzo Ball winds up being as good as as advertised uh and you know some y- other young players in there that's you still have um as good as that says well and you still have um what's his name too who was their number pick number one pick last year the really the pogo leg kid oh Jenny or Ingram yeah Brandon Ingram and yeah they got a lot of young uh players <laughs> and they got Luke Walt, and they got Luke Walton, who's a really good coach. Yeah, and I mean, I I kind of see them also a landing spot for um, Mello if if you know Indy does get him to or in, uh, the Knicks get him to waive that trade clause. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Paul George. But I don't think my call is I don't think he's back with the Pacers. I think he's he's fed up with that team. Uh, Jeff Teague is, what was this, the third year in a row he's been knocked out by LeBron? Yeah, he's 0-12 against LeBron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, I'm never beating LeBron with this team, I think it's got to yeah. be what is uh, but mindset. Here's the right thing, but here's the thing, I mean, in, look, I, I don't know if I could walk away from an extra $70, $70 million I couldn't get somewhere else if... Yeah. if I was, if I happened to make second or third team All-NBA, like... That's a really that's a really difficult thing to turn your nose up at and say, yeah, I you know I don't care about the seventy million. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go and somewhere I can win. So yeah, who knows? It's a it's a tricky one. Yeah, and that's tough because okay, let's go through it. You got Giannis, uh, who is better? Who would be ahead of him? Kevin Durant, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard. That's four right there. Then you got Anthony Davis. Uh, he's listed. I don't know if he's going to be a center or forward. Um, and then you've got Jimmy Butler. So do you put him ahead of Jimmy Butler? Right. Jimmy I, Butler. You could even throw Gordon Haywood in there potentially. Yeah, he's yeah. he's probably more of a guard. But um, and then you got uh, the other guy would probably be Kevin Love. So I mean, that's, yeah. Well, Blake Griffin could get some votes too. Yeah, I mean that's. That's pretty tight. That's going to be a tight way. I mean, I think yeah. it helps George's case that he's the best player on their team, as opposed yeah. to, yeah. Um, you know, Blake. Well, and he but, did have a he had a hell of a year. Yeah, he did, he, and especially a heck of a uh, closeout to the season. So, you know, recency bias should help him. And there's Demar Derozan too. Also, well, I guess they it's list just, him as a guard. It's just crazy that that literally. You know, the not only the landscape of the NBA, but whether or not a guy gets offered seventy million dollars is in the hands of of a hand of of literally a hundred journalists, a hundred a hundred journalists who vote on this. Yeah, and I 
actually have to question the sanity of that from the NBA Players Association side. But on the other side of it being, you know, the star power of a player is the reason that a guy, you know, gets the money because he can bring in the fans and the ratings. So, you know, it's a double. The other guy on that list, Raymond Green. I mean, he, oh, he's yeah. going to be defensive player of the year. He's got to be in the discussion yeah, for top. Got to be on one of the teams. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it should be should be interesting to see what happens. To him. But let's get back to the Cavs. Um, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> we digress. Yeah, we did. We certainly did digress. But um, so we definitely saw a very mixed game from uh, Kyrie Irving tonight. Uh, brilliant mm-hmm. offensively at times as a shooter. Yet, uh, no assists this evening, despite uh, 28 points, 10 of 25, 1 of 7 from 3, but 7 of 7 from the free throw line. And what did you think of Kyrie's game tonight, E.G.? Well, he was, I think I said it on on the thread, he was a shoot first guard tonight. He was not playing point he was LeBron was definitely playing more the point and or Darren Williams was when he came in so Kyrie was really just a shooter tonight and he got his shooting going early at 10 points in the first quarter he had 16 points in the third quarter and by the end of the third quarter he was shooting uh nine of 18 I think so almost like 50 percent and then he was one of one of seven in the fourth quarter when things got tight. Um, yeah. So his shot kind of abandoned him, and he, and he certainly he still hasn't. I mean, he's been cold from three pretty much was pretty much the whole series. I think I'm just looking back at it. Yeah, I mean, he was he had the one game game two. He was four of ten, but outside of that, he was one of nine in game one. He was one of six in game three, and one of seven tonight. So what three of twenty? 22 uh, outside of the outside of the the game two and that's like that's like 22 percent from the from three that's pretty awful for somebody who's a prolific a, a shooter as Kyrie is so and they there were a lot of comments about the assist numbers not just on the thread but also like Mike Fratello on the on the post game on on Fox Sports was talking about it and um they however it was they just when the ball went into Kyrie's hands tonight it didn't come back out unless it was a shot so yeah but he still they needed needed every bit of his scoring tonight to win the game so you can't it's a little bit of a double-edged sword and I will say he he was impressive he was <laughs> it's it's such a, a weird conversation we've had this so many times but he was such, at least he wasn't abjectly horrible on defense tonight he balanced out his the number of times that Jeff Teague just blew by him or he got or he got completely taken out of a play on a screen by actually he got three blocks and he got a, and he got a steal and he had a couple of really nice defensive plays especially in the fourth quarter where and a couple of transition plays where he where he met where he I think he had two or three of those where he stopped a what would should have been a, a pretty easy basket for the Pacers 
uh, in transition because he just put himself in the right position to defend. And you, it's it's that kind of stuff. It's almost more maddening that you know he's capable of it, and then he just doesn't do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, let let me. That was a strange game. Oh, go ahead, Sam. It was a strange game as a whole because I think the whole team only had 11 assists total. I mean, yeah. Braun only had four. Um, and there was a, I noticed a few different times that Kyrie set up a few different players pretty well, just didn't make the shot. But the team as a whole is just a strange game, just not a lot of ball movement in general. They didn't have a single assist in the entire first quarter. Yeah, as yeah, the only that, it, that was the first the first quarter all season, uh, both regular season and playoffs, that they had a quarter with no assists. Right, and they had a lot of passes that led to guys getting to the line too. So it yeah. wasn't completely, especially LeBron got to and Durant, Darren Williams uh, got to the line on on passes, and so did Channing Frye uh, tonight. So it wasn't a complete, you know, just. It, it, it was it was odd, but I'll say on Kyrie's blocks tonight that it was a little bit of a case of when you're a cornerback and you get a more interceptions than you should in a season because teams are throwing at you every single play. Right. The Pacers were running their entire offense up based on wherever Kyrie is. Go put him in a pick and roll or isolate on him. No matter who he was on, whether they put him on CJ Miles, they put him on CJ Miles, CJ was a screen man. If they put him on Jeff Teague, then Jeff Teague would be in the pick and roll. If they put him on, uh, Stevenson, then they put him in the pick and roll. No matter where Kyrie was in the half court, the Pacers, I would say, ran nine out of ten plays right at him. The, he did have three blocks. And he did have, uh, he broke up three fast breaks that were great and had a key steal late. But he was total garbage defensively through the third quarter and the first half of the fourth quarter. Um, those other plays, you know, notwithstanding, he was awful. And just to watch him, it was, it wasn't even stick to screen. It's like make a decision in the pick and roll. Either switch, either chuck the roll man, or, you know, fight through the screen. Kyrie just does none of those things, just ends up three feet behind everybody on the play and not guarding anyone and then not rebounding. He was just abjectly horrible defensively in the half court, yet ended up with some nice defensive plays. So it was a disaster. Offensively, he's got to end the Carmelo Anthony jab step three. Uh, <laughs> it, it needs to go away. I, it's like he made the one in the playoffs over Seth Curry or Steph Curry. Um, Steph Curry's not going to be guarding you every possession. Uh, when that's Lance Stevenson out there or, you know, any number of guys, stop with the jab step three. When Paul George is on you, stop with the jab step three. He's got, he's got to end it. It's terrible. It's a terrible yep. shot. He got away with it a lot of the year, and you saw the series. Teams have taken it away from him, and he's not good at it. You can get a better shot, especially early in the shot clock. I mean, it's just <laughs> stupid basketball. And even LeBron is not taking that as much as he used to. So, And when you're shooting like LeBron has in this series, you know, you can take him. So 
That that's that's my Kyrie rant. And and at times he was brilliant. Uh, and he got in, got to the line at uh, seven times. He needs to do that more. You know, that's the thing about Kyrie. He can get into the paint. He can. He needs to watch some tape of more tape of James Harden and less tape of Kobe Bryant. So yeah. I, it, it was just oh, I, so maddening to watch him. Well, and three of those were were tech fouls. I think two were techs and one was an yeah, yeah. illegal defense. So, oh, so te- yeah. technically, yeah, it was four right. four 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 on drives. But, but still, I, look, I I can't. You gotta can't agree I, with me on the jab step three. I agree on the jab step <laughs> three. Yes. How? I, well, but again, I agree until I, until he makes four in a row of them because he can. <laughs> And that's the problem is that even the one he hit tonight was a jab step three and it, you know, and it just, it, when it goes in, it can be a backbreaker. And he's had enough of those in fourth quarters to end games, to win championships that it, it's still something he's going to keep in his bag of tricks. So yeah. I don't disagree though, that he should use it less because <laughs> he's become much too, much too reliant on it. And it's, it's definitely negatively affected his three point shooting, at least at least so far in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether to be encouraged or kind of discouraged by by his series as a whole and really the whole teams, because he really didn't have a good series at all. And outside of LeBron, and I guess Darren Williams too played surprisingly <laughs> well most of the series. And, and Channing Fry. No one Yeah, no one else had really a good series. So the fact that we still swept and there wasn't any point, like even though every fourth quarter was close, I don't remember any point where I was really nervous about any of the games. So well, I don't know. The one I was most, the one I was most nervous about was the first one because yeah. And then after that, the rest CJ of them had that because CJ is the notorious Cavs killer and he had that wide open look pretty much. Oh God. CJ was terrible. This series. I mean, he was the guy that we saw. Uh, I think I made the comment in the live yeah. He's the king of the double-digit point differential three. I mean, he's just, he, well, he is who we thought he was. <laughs> yeah, he totally shrinks from the moment. So, Harry did have a good game too. Let's be honest. I mean, he had thirty-seven points and oh yeah, shots lights out. But yeah, overall, the three-point shooting, the still the defensive gaps in between. Because he look, he he still gets on the floor for for a few fifty fifty balls, and he definitely hustles. Yeah, and uh, look, those transition those transition stops were things that are are new. Those are things that I've not seen him do before. Yeah, yeah. true. So I was encouraged by that. I was encouraged yeah. by that he is, even though he still can be abjectly horrible in the pick and roll game. I think his individual defense has gotten better, and his awareness at least of what's happening and what he needs to do in a moment has gotten better. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, strange game from Kevin Love. Uh, <laughs> you know, and changing the subject a little bit, but odd game from <laughs> Kevin Love. Five points could not finish to save his life that game. Yeah. Uh, either couldn't finish. What'd you say? Point blank could not finish. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, five points, but 16 rebounds, and they needed them all. <laughs> so, I mean, his rebounding game, his passing was solid. Defensively, I thought he was decent. Um, it just he still got he still got some he had some box out issues with Thaddeus Young, but Thaddeus yeah. was 
Thaddeus was really hustling this game. So the whole series, and he, he's eaten his lunch a few times. Well, Love got the best of him in game two. Yeah. But yeah, games one and four, definitely Thaddeus had the advantage. Yeah, and uh there was the one game I can't remember I think it was uh yeah, game three, Thaddeus had a huge first half and it was all just on LeBron just completely not guarding him. Yeah, uh, on the weak side. I mean, LeBron was just all strong side help. So, yet yeah, Thad, not you know, famous Nate Smith uh, fan of Thad Young, uh, as Tom Pestek always likes to remind me. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Kevin Love weird series. I don't. He's got a the big thing. I feel like he's got to break out of a shooting slump a little bit. Um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, do some upper body. I think the weak arrest will really be good for Kevin. Um, do some upper body, do some leg work, get his, his shot under him a little bit. Uh, any, any comments on Kevin, Sam? Yeah, I, uh, I thought, I thought he played a pretty good series outside of the shooting. I mean, you know what we're going to get now from his, on the defensive end. I mean, he's good if he's down in the post. He's, slow-footed out on the perimeter. I mean, nothing surprising with him, though, as far as that is concerned, but he always gives a good effort, and especially these la- or this game, he was really good on the boards. Uh, I think he, the, pretty much the entire starting lineup out of LeBron, you talked about getting out of that shooting slump. That just applies for every not- starter not named LeBron. Yeah. So. Yeah, although I, I did think Tristan had a pretty solid series. Uh, double digit rebounds almost every game, uh, in, in fairly limited minutes. Uh, how many did he have today? He had 34. Yeah, no, he had 11 rebounds. So, you know, if Tristan's getting double digit rebounds and he had, wow, he had a ridiculous number of offensive rebounds this series. He had 25 offensive rebounds in the series. Yeah. Like that, that is insane. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to say he had a good series. Uh, did not shoot. Yeah. Uh, well, he shot. He was good from the field. Um, he had his free throw woes. Um, stepped up and hit two big ones tonight. He did. Uh, in the in the later part of the fourth quarter, but still overall, I think he was uh, about fifty percent from the series. Um, had some big blocks. Uh, I know game game three, he had three blocks. Uh, had a he had a decent series. I mean, he was really going after every loose ball and and chasing guys around. I, I had no problem with Tristan. I, I would put him with – I mean, he wasn't otherworldly like James, but he definitely had a really solid series. And, yeah, they could well, he, think, and he handled and he handled Miles Turner pretty well. He did until he the did. last yeah. game, and Miles Turner kind of went nuts uh, that last game. But, yeah, I, I blame Kyrie for that more than I blame Tristan. <laughs> But the biggest thing I noticed about Tristan is he and Kyrie developed a really good pick and roll relationship during the during the regular season. Mm-hmm. In the first few games, they tried to get that going, and it just seemed like playoff basketball. You know, the floor is a lot more compressed. Yeah, the first two games they really tried to force it into Tristan on that pick and roll, and it just didn't work this series at all. Yeah, I so also think Miles Turner is really good at sniffing that out. 
and yes, he did a really good job on that. And he's kind of also the, really long too, yeah. so he's going to get up and 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 prevent some of those things from happening. I mean, I feel like if they play the Raptors, uh, he'll get a lot more of that versus um, Valanciunas, and then probably and if they put him in versus Monroe, he'll probably get that. But against the Bucks starters, he probably probably won't get that. And uh, I hope so. Not only for his sake, but Kyrie's sake, because it always seems like when Kyrie can get those first few pick-and-roll lobs to Tristan or nice pocket passes to him, that kind of gets his confidence going as a as a passer, as crazy as that sounds. And you, you see his, his passing to the rest of the teammates kind of pick up if he can get a few of those going. So I think it has an effect on Kyrie, too, when he can't get those, those lob passes, those entry passes to, to Tristan on the pick-and-roll. Yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed Tristan not catching as well as he had. I think a lot of that's due to the hand injury. I've heard that hand injury yeah. is one of those. He would be out like two or three weeks if it were the regular season. Um, well, he tore, he tore the, partially tore the tendon in yeah. his thumb. So yeah. He's definitely, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he had some minor surgery in the off season. Yeah. Well, and you know, you and I talked a little bit on the game thread, J.R. Smith, you know, his shot has been yeah. real. He seems very hesitant to catch and shoot. But he looked good when he shot it. Like, that's what I don't get. Like, he's, yeah. like his form looked great when he was shooting it. So, but he only took four shots. I, I don't, it, it's not, it's not computing to me that, that JR has become like a non guy. Look, there's no, there's no reason why between JR and Kyle Korver, they should only have nine field goal attempts between them. That just doesn't make any sense to me. No, I agree with you. Although I will say Corver, they at least run an offense through him and they give right. him that, that, you know, left wing screen and he comes up the top and then they usually got uh fry either flaring out or diving to the hole, you know, and they have the option. At least they're using him, his offensive gravity to run plays. But Jr. is just, it's pure spot up. Uh, he's terrified. JR- yeah, he, he his first instinct is to pass when he gets the ball. It's like yeah. when Kevin Love was going through that rough stretch last year when he when he was just terrible from three, and he would you know he would sort of like do the do that I, the thing I hate the pump fake and then pass you know or or just pass it back to whoever passed it to him immediately because he's <laughs> deathly afraid of doing anything with the ball and yeah. that's what Jr. feels to me like right now. I, I do hope that Jr. starts to. It just has one a confidence game in the next round where he just like goes nuts and you know has like just like eight of fourteen from three or something like that just to get just to show himself he can do it again. Yeah. Now, now that being said, I, this is a total guess, but one of the things I think might be going on with Jr. is he has a hard time catching and shooting right now, and I don't know if it's because he's still got pins in his hand. But he seems much more comfortable shooting off the dribble right now, and maybe he just has a hard time gripping that ball on the catch. Is the only thing I can I can think yeah. of. But who knows? I mean, it's he's also hard. been really good. He's also been really good with his passing game. So I would have <laughs> well be, hit or miss. But yeah, well, not not the last one, but you know, the night before when he when he found Channing open for oh, the yeah, that was fantastic three the drive and kick. Like Jarrett's pretty good at that typically, so love to see him if he's not going to shoot. Love to see him be a little bit more active, off the dribble, passing the ball to open shooters. 
since he does seem to draw a little bit of a crowd. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, as far as the, the bench goes, uh, I think we touched on a little bit. Uh, Corver kind of struggled this series. Um, I don't think he had one double-digit game. Uh, he shot... He had a 12-point game, I think. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, game. yeah, game three. Well, game three, when he played yeah, the whole fourth quarter. He was big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was big in that game. But like you said, they're not running... It, it seems like he's not getting enough shots. And he's getting. He's averaging what less than four shots a game in yeah. the in the first four games. That's just not. That's not enough, Kyle Korver, for me. My taste. Well, I agree with you. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what his usage is on that, but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I I feel like they should be running more stuff for him, but that that he has like. He hasn't been great from the field, forty-two percent, but he's been forty percent from three. So you'll you'll take that all day. Um, I I've liked his defense, very solid. Doesn't get off balance, doesn't get out of position much. Uh, you know, will get you a rebound when you need a rebound every now and again. He just he's he's never seemed like a negative on the floor at all. No, he hustles for sure. Yeah. And except for very early in his Cavs tenure, but especially in the playoffs. Uh, you can totally trust him, uh, you know, and oppositely, Amon Shumpert, a guy you don't know what you're going to get when he comes on the floor, but it certainly seems as if he has had a talking to about his forays into the paint dribbling. <laughs> well, and probably that the the benching in that first game and a half was was a was a part of that. Yeah, where Tyloo probably just said. Look, dude, we need you for defense. If you're not going to do that, then you're not going to be of use to us on the floor. Yeah. I mean, look, he he hit the one three that he took tonight, which was up, which was up opportune, and he only really had one or two bad dribbling displays. Um, and certainly the the night before, he was a big part of the comeback. So especially defensively, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he really took the challenge of of guarding Paul George a lot. So. And he was great in Game Three in that second half. So, and also in Game Two in that second half when Jr. went out. So, yeah, yeah. I I gotta say though, um, so yeah, the guy that I mean, look, we we should talk about Darren Williams because uh, it was probably I don't know if it's his best game as a Cab because he did have that one heat game where he started and played 46 minutes and was kind of ridiculous, but coming, certainly coming off the bench, I mean, he was perfect four for four, two for two from three, four or five from the line, a couple of rebounds, had one assist, and it felt like more because he was just really, really active. Uh, still doesn't play great defense, but, but certainly helps set LeBron up for that two-man game a lot, uh, really well, and his 14 point. He was the only other cab besides LeBron and Kyrie that was in double figures tonight. So he was a huge boost off the bench. Yeah, I thought he played a nice series, like surprisingly nice. There wasn't many times I, I can't think of any times off the top of my head where, when he was in, and I was just, uh, it was just an abject disaster. I mean, I thought he played reasonably well the entire series. So I, I think that's as encouraging as anything else. Yeah. Nate, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I thought he was really good. Uh, defensively, um, 
he, he was real good for positionally. One thing he reminds me a lot of is uh, the way Delhi would play defense. Um, really good at getting his body on a big, um, and really good at collapsing to the three point line, or I'm sorry, the free throw line on the long rebound. Uh, you know, he he had some some nice plays on both sides of the ball the whole series. Game three, he was huge. So yeah, um, D- Darren Williams was. I mean, his uh, play was it was found money for the Cavs. Uh, yeah, well, he was a, he was a big part of of what gave them a little bit of separation in that in that uh, second quarter too. Absolutely, that, and that LeBron LeBench group played particularly well, especially mm-hmm. after they they seemed to get down a little bit in the first quarter. And boy, did they set up LeBron well off the ball. I mean, uh, Darren oh, yeah. Williams only had one assist, but. I mean, it just seemed like everybody was giving LeBron great passes on cuts. And when he's yeah. got a head of steam going to the basket and the defense is shifting, he, that's that's two points almost every time. Yeah. He, he was really solid. Um, and then the other guy I want to talk about, uh, Channing Frye, uh, was was very solid this series. Um, I was really impressed with Channing Frye. He, he, he showed me a, a whole different version of of who he can be in the playoffs yeah yeah for sure um i mean he had a couple of blocks including one tonight that was great um he had a couple and, of huge uh, steals in the end of game three yep and he was aggressive i mean he only had they only credit him with one rebound tonight but but he he definitely seems more active on that end of things and not just the guy that's gonna watch it go by um, plus he hit that big three in, in game three too. So, uh, I was surprised he didn't play more tonight. He only played 13 minutes and, but he still had seven points, hit a three. Um, but just was very active in his time on the floor. And Channing Fry was a guy who didn't see the floor much in the finals. I mean, he became basically unplayable as far as Ty Lue was concerned, uh, against the Warriors, last year and maybe he would be again, but he certainly has shown me a lot more um, in the early stages of this postseason. Um, and, and he had some big games last year against the, the Hawks in round two and the Raptors in, in the Eastern conference finals. But, um, but his defense seems to be improving and his all around game feels like he feels like a guy that you can put on the floor and, and not have a huge drop off the way that that it seemed at, at times in the regular season. Yeah, the other thing yeah, he does. Uh, I is, think, oh, sorry, Sam. Go ahead. Just a quick note. You talked about the finals last year. I think this year might actually he might actually be a huge part about if assuming we get to the finals and that uh, obviously that's not set in stone yet. But in a potential Cavs Warriors matchup. He might become huge as far as keeping JaVale McGee off the floor, as funny as that sounds. But he made JaVale unplayable on that Christmas game. Right. So just that kind of little back and forth might be interesting to watch. And it might give him a bigger role in this series than he had last year. Yeah, yeah. And then the other the other side of that uh, that I've seen from Channing Fry this year offensively is as a role man – I mean, he's not great, but he does enough to be competent, and he can still mm-hmm. he can still dunk. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to to be able to flush and not look like you're totally, you know, 
earthbound when you're on the on the dive is <laughs> is big when you can shoot threes as well as he can. So for sure, for sure, and that 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 little screen down that they run with uh, he and Corver, I mean, is is a deadly play. Yep. Uh, um, and they can. I wish they would add some wrinkles off that because I feel like they just run the same play over and over. And if, if you did some variations off that, I, I definitely think hopefully we will see some of that in the next uh, round. Yeah. Because because I think that's a if you start using that play as a decoy or or send some stuff from the weak side or you know add a third guy in there, there's there's plenty of stuff you can do with that. And kind of speaking of plays. Uh, we can talk a little bit about what we thought of uh, Ty Lue this series. Uh, for me, uh, he, he impressed me this series. I saw a lot of stuff from him. I mean, obviously, it it's an unbelievable luxury to be able to play LeBron 44 minutes. But uh, aside from that, uh, I, I thought a lot of what I saw from him was really good. Uh, Sam? Yeah, I didn't think it was too bad this series. Uh, the, there's still a few times where I feel like he goes with lineups a little too long, but it's nitpicky. I mean, tonight I thought he, he went with that bench unit maybe a minute or two long in the fourth quarter. But again, after as well as they played in the fourth quarter in the third game, it's understandable. So that's, that'd be the nitpickiest thing I could think of. But as a whole, his, his plays from after timeouts were great the entire series. Absolutely. Picking up where he left off after last, last playoff. So that was a good thing to see so yeah i really have no complaints eg yeah the only um the only thing i didn't uh, that was that I, that that uh was i didn't love tonight was was him burning through his timeouts he had to use one early in the game um to get lebron off the floor because he'd be inadvertently played him too long in that in the first quarter and so he had to burn one there. I still think he has trouble with that. I still think mm-hmm. that that may wind up being something that will that will cost him a game at some point in the playoffs. Uh, hopefully not. But I think he's been overall. I've been. I've been. Look, how do you <laughs> how do you uh, say otherwise to it? He's he's like somebody said he was like twenty and five against in the playoffs since he started. So, I mean, that's a pretty pristine record that in the championship. So, yeah, um, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. So, uh, look, he, I think he's doing a, a, a good job. I think it's it's both easy to say and obvious to say that, oh, well, sure, if you have LeBron James and you just play him 45 minutes a night, why wouldn't you win the majority of your games? Um, and that's a bit of a. I think an oversimplification that that was started by I don't know I don't know remember if it was Stan Van Gundy it was one of the Van Gundys that said that uh, I think it was Stan um, maybe maybe last year during the regular season but um, but it's but it's true and I'm sure that's probably Tyloo hears about it in every post game uh, interview even even now like they had what two 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 days off between each of the last three games and they get a week off, at least at least a week off now depending on what happens in the the bucks and um and uh raptors series but he still got questions tonight about lebron playing as many minutes and you know and, and the truth is that's 
I'm sure it's probably hard for him to manage because no, LeBron's never going to want to be out of the game. And whenever he's gassed, it's easy enough for him to say, well, I just do what my coach tells me. So it's kind of a no-win situation, I imagine, with this whole minutes thing. But I look at it and say, well, look, this, you, if you can sweep every round, then you're you're saving yourself what's three times 48, right? Yeah. So <laughs> at least three times 40, yeah, 120 minutes, so. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe that's the way they're looking at it and you know, it's the same it's a it's a variation on a theme from what they did in the regular season, which was we're not going to play LeBron less minutes, we're just going to play him less games. So, you know, and that and the, that'll be his time off. And that's what it was and okay, ultimate so far it's paid off. They they got yeah. probably their best their best matchup uh, in terms of t- how they'd done against teams during the regular season, they didn't have to play the Bulls, who swept them in the regular season. They didn't have, and were hot before Rondo got hurt. And they didn't have to play the Heat, who they couldn't seem to to beat, uh, who didn't wind up making the playoffs. And they didn't have to play the Milwaukee Bucks, who were giving the Raptors everything they can handle and more. So. Of all the lower ranked teams, you look at that and say, well, they got they probably got the I want to say the easiest one, but certainly the one that that they they had they knew they'd probably have the least amount of issues with. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll totally, you know, agree with that. And then the other side, you know, I've been thinking about a lot of this LeBron thing, and I think we've talked about it in the regular season. Like, what is a better strategy, missing entire games or, you know, cutting down minutes? And a lot of people are like, you know, LeBron literally has an eight-hour routine on game days. You know, he's got a workout. He's got all these steps he goes through. So it's not just, I mean, he plays 10 fewer minutes. That's the smallest part of that. Right. Uh, so, so I see where they're coming from on that. Uh, the other thing I would say is that, these extended minutes in the playoff or in the regular season at times um, kind of give him the blueprint and the conditioning to play these long minutes in the playoffs. And you can see that a little bit with uh, Deron Williams, how he kind of played that last game of the regular season. Uh, What did he play? 46 minutes. Yeah. 46 minutes. (laughs) Double Um, overtime. Yeah. And he certainly had the stamina to be part of the game three comeback. So, yeah. Um, well, he's definitely in better shape. Yeah, and, Aaron Williams. Yeah, and I, I've stopped calling him Pudge because he's you know <laughs> moving more. I saw you got into that with a certain commenter today. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I cannot complain about his coaching at all. Uh, some brilliant inbounds plays uh, combined with some terrible inbound defense from. Uh, yeah, my, I mean most of our beefs with. Lou, this series has been nitpicky. So uh, that that's what being able to play LeBron 44 minutes does for you. Uh, the best player in the universe. And yeah. so, I mean, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, so, and you kind of thought that the best, you know, first round matchup for this Cavs was, was probably Indiana. Um, what do you think you are going to see in the second round? And, is that who you want to see uh, with this 2-2 raptors buck series that looks like it's going to go to seven? Um, well, 
you want to take a you want to yeah, take go a ahead, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I can't help but think that experience is going to win out in this case, and so I I think the Raptors will end up taking it. And I honestly don't know. I mean, the Raptors are probably going to be the tougher matchup for the Cavs just because they they've got more more like elite level talent than than the Bucks do. Uh, the Bucks are just kind of a wild card. You just, I mean, you know, you're going to get good defense, and if they can start hitting shots, or if Giannis decides he wants to take the next step and you know the superstar evolution in that series they're a scary team um but the raptors they they may be a little scarier with Serge Ibaka than they were last year but they they really just don't worry me too much either uh so i i think i think you you know more what you're going to get from the raptors compared to the bucks um you're going to get you know a a, a good five or six game series, but I, I, I don't see the Cavs losing to the Raptors. And with the Bucks, we could sweep them or go all seven games and neither would surprise me. Yeah, I'll, I'll totally, that for me, the Bucks absolutely terrify me. I feel yeah. like the Bucks are, if they get a couple shooters, they could be a finals team. I mean, that we're looking at within three years as LeBron fades, uh, and who knows if that's actually going to happen because, you know, Jordan was peak, <laughs> peak Jordan until 36. But yeah. um, Giannis, if he gets a three-point shot, is going to be at some point in his career the best player yeah. in the NBA. I mean, yeah. NBA MVP seems in his future for sure. And they're just so freakishly long. And I feel like peak Bucks is higher than peak Raptors, but they have a lot more... Both these teams have a lot of lulls in their game and a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. And it's weird, you know, it's weird coming from the Raptors because they just, that's who they are, but they're a lot more experienced, whereas the Bucks, you you chalk it up to youth. But personally, I I would root for the Bucks if the Cavs weren't playing them in the next round. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, and it it depends a lot on what Lowry you get. I mean, if... If Lowry's playing well, he he's as dangerous as any point guard we're going to see in the East. Yeah. But the so you know who this Bucks team reminds me a lot of is the 2012-2014 Pacers teams. It's a really, really similar setup as those teams back then. With uh, kind of Middleton playing the Paul George role? Well, I was going to say Giannis. That was before Paul George was really at his, at his best. It was uh, it's that was say more like he was 2013. just a knockdown shooter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all long, good defense, and you you never knew what you're going to get from Paul George. He might be transcendent, or he might be average. Yeah, and that's kind of how Giannis is. So, well, I'll be honest. I I actually am rooting for the Bucks to win it. Um, and here's why: it's interesting. The Bucks have the youth on their side. Uh, athleticism on their side, length on their side. Obviously, they present problems for for just about anybody. But the Cavs were were good against both teams throughout the year. I think they were three and one against both. Um, the only the only the last game against Toronto didn't really matter because nobody played. But the first three games against Toronto were all they were all 
pretty the Cavs won them, but they were all pretty well uh played. I mean that very I think it was the first or second game of the year they they played them and it was a playoff level intensity. Um and same thing with the Bucks. Every game against the Bucks seemed to be a really hard fought close game that the Cavs ultimately prevailed in. I think the big difference for me um is that where these two teams are at. The Bucks are just starting to feel themselves as a team. I think the Bucks would be satisfied with beating the Raptors as a six seed and taking the Cavs to a playing a good series against the Cavs, knowing that they're going to get Jabari Parker back next year, that they've got, you know, other shooters they can add. Middleton will, will be around all, all year next year. Brogdon will have a year under his belt. They're only going to get better from here. Um, the Raptors, on the other hand, are that sort of like, this is it. Like, this this iteration of the Raptors is not going to get any better. Um, the, and they, they the Cavs knocked them out last year, so they know that the the Cavs is the, the hurdle they have to get past. So I think that's a different – it's just a different mindset. I think Toronto will be more, more desperate, more, you know, pulling out every stop to – to try to win a game and win the series against the Cavs. I'm not saying they would. I just think it'll be, I think those games would be, would be tougher. And I, I could see, I could see a Raptors series going six or seven games. Whereas I think a, a Bucks series would probably go five or six. Okay. So uh, looking around the rest of the association, uh, are there any, series that are surprising you or um uh has everything kind of gone well i don't feel like anything has gone according to script especially with all these injuries that we've been seeing Uh oh i mean that's been kind of the story of the playoffs but um i mean the surprising one to me is the the 2-2 memphis and san antonio yeah but uh sam i mean what what how much have you been watching and and kind of what are some of your takeaways well, the, the injuries are killing me. Uh, it's especially that Clippers Utah series that just stinks so bad because whoever wins goes against Golden State next. And you were hoping, you know, you don't expect either of those two teams to beat Golden State in the series, but you just want a good matchup more than any, anything else to to really push them. And Griffin's out. Uh, what Gobert came back tonight, but who yeah, knows how, how well. close he yeah. is. He's Very well, yeah. 12 and I guess 14 and like Hayward's out now, too. Oh, is he? Yeah, Hayward Hayward only played five minutes or nine minutes. Oh, jeez. So that's, that's kind of a disappointment. If for no other reason, it just takes away from a fun matchup. You know, you always want the star players out there. But the, the San Antonio-Memphis is really the one that's the most interesting to me. Just because there's always a sense that the Spurs team or these Spurs teams, their regular season peak isn't that much different than their playoff peak. And this season, that was kind of the sense I always got with them just because they only have that star power coming from Kawhi now. And I think they're kind of being exposed by this Memphis team that as good as Conley's playing and as good as Gasol's playing, like it's really not that good of a team. And for them to be two 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 games apiece right now, that doesn't bode well for San Antonio going forward. Oh, uh Hayward's got food poisoning, that's what he's been dealing with. 
So he's not injured, he's okay. just sick. Oh, that's yeah, that's awful. <laughs> Getting IVs all day, they said. Uh, yeah, and it's I mean, and then the other enormous injury was and you know, if you'd have asked somebody a month and a half ago if this was <laughs> gonna be remotely close, the Ray John Rondo in, injury, <laughs> the Bulls can't do anything. Yeah. I mean he was <laughs> we crazy? had peak Rondo and then all of a sudden now he's out. And the yep. Bulls are hapless. It's- Tripping people from the sidelines. <laughs> well, and being and resorting to yeah, resorting to play uh, Isaiah Kanan because Michael Carter Williams is garbage and and uh, Jerry and Grant can't play the point. So you know it's option four and and Isaiah Kanan actually played pretty well considering, but um, but it also seems like Isaiah Thomas is is on a mission now. He's not going to let that team lose and the bulls have been weird all year. I mean, they, they go on the road and win two games and now they're, you know, they, they lose two at home. So I feel like stranger things have happened, but it it seems like with the Rondo injury being, you know, just so sort of devastating to that team, um, you know, it'll be easier for Boston to, to prevail now. Although I could see Boston having real problems with, uh, I'm assuming Washington, even though that series is two one, um, but uh, but I could see them having problems with that team too. Yeah, and the weird thing about that uh, uh, the Bulls team, it's like you would think my inclination would be okay. Let's move Wade to the point, and then let's because he's played point before in his career, and then let's bring Valentine or some of these other you know guys. And, and get longer in the wings rather than these guards who are just terrible um, playing them instead of Rondo. I mean, I, I just didn't understand that at all. Um, and hopefully that'll be the adjustment they make next series. And then obviously you've got you to think that Wade probably cannot guard Isaiah Thomas, so you probably have to cross-match him a little bit. But, I mean, that, that series is just goofy all the way around. Um, Not enjoyable to watch. No, either. it is terrible basketball. It's ugly games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, I don't know. I I have to think that Washington Atlanta has to be getting the lowest ratings of the playoffs because Ugh. I can't even find <laughs> those games, and they're just yeah. They don't. I don't think they sell good. out. I don't think they sell out their arenas. Wow, in the playoffs, that's just sad. Yeah, and I I gotta think it's Washington, but you know, I agree. Washington's also one of those teams that whenever you think they've got it going, they beat themselves. So, yeah. and it seems like that's every team in the East, um, including the Cavs at times. Um, Especially, yeah. But the Cavs, you know, with the caveat being the Cavs have always, or LeBron teams have always been able to get it done in the playoffs. So. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, out west, uh, it was disappointing to see Portland with a chance to go up one or get a game and then just totally just not close yeah. the deal at all. But you know, that was the one to get the Mike Brown game. Although it sounds like he's going to coach again in Game Four because yeah. uh, Kerr, well, yeah, Kerr is Kerr's not doing well. He may be out indefinitely. 
Yeah, um, that's so, what he's that's what he was saying in his news in his uh, press conference tonight that he he won't he's going to make a decision next week that he's either going to come back and coach the remainder or he's going to not come yeah. back. He's not going to vacillate between and see how he goes. He just doesn't want to be a so he doesn't want to be a a distraction to the team. So yeah, what an awful situation because you know as much as I. He drives me nuts as a coach. He's a fantastic com- competitor, um, great basketball mind, great personality. Uh, I don't think uh, – I think last year's and the year before's uh, Golden State teams was kind of lightning in a bottle a little bit. Um, and this year, a lot of it's, you know, the Kevin Durant effect. But, I mean, he, he's definitely been a huge part of that. And y- you don't want anybody to, to have to go through that. So, And then the weird storylines – if it is Mike Brown and they do get back to the finals are that's going to be bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I will, yeah that, 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 really I mean, weird. The only way that could get more to bizarre from a coaching standpoint is if they somehow brought in David Blatt for the finals. <laughs> yeah. As a consultant. David Blatt, David Blatt and uh, Byron Scott. <laughs> no. See, Sit they, on the bench. Well, Byron Scott was never there with, uh, with LeBron though. Now that's true. The being the difference. I mean, yeah, but yeah. And I don't think anybody wants Byron Scott anywhere near thirteen. Well, the Jazz, the Jazz have tied it up at eighty-seven with five minutes to go yeah. in the fourth quarter. It's court, actually so. been a really good ball game. So, yeah. And and I'm really hoping that Utah ties it up. Uh, I, yep. I so would, Joe going ISO. He's got twenty-two points. I would love. I think Utah is a much better matchup for. Uh, and Chris Paul just baited Shelvin Mack into that horrible reach in three, three, I three. I hate three. that call with, the, I, I, with sure. the rip through. Yeah, there was an absolute despicable yeah. one today with that Harden pulled off, where he he oh literally like put his arm, his free arm, hooked it underneath Taj Gibson's arm, and then threw himself into Taj Gibson and got a, and got three shots out of it. See, I don't know why you don't just. "Quote unquote," accidentally pop them in the face when they do that. <laughs> yeah. I, and it drives me until crazy. The, until the NBA does something about it, well, they were supposed it's the to, same thing as the what's that? Well, they were supposed to do it like they cracked down on it in the regular season with like if you're not already in the shooting motion and you do the rip through, they're not giving it to you. Um, yeah. and then and and that seemed to me like one of those just like totally. Yeah, I mean they're showing the replay now. It, it was totally, he's baiting him into that call. But the one that drives me nuts even more than that is the pump fake on the three line and then jump sideways or jump forward into the guy that's trying to close Kevin out. Love. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just ridiculous. Like, just stop it already. Please, please yeah. just stop that call. Like, I don't like that one. Like, that one like to the... me seems really easy to police. Like, if a guy's jumping yeah. sideways, it's a no call. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't like foul. that one. Yeah. And then the I don't like the Kevin Love and I don't like the Kyrie Irving or when they go across a screen at the top of the key and they uh, just yeah. cut it close and then jack up a shot. That drives they me crazy. Jump into the too. guy and jack up a shot. Well, it's and not, you saw not fun to watch. Jeff Teague did that to Deron Williams in game 3 uh and he just almost broke Darren Williams' jaw. And then, yeah, yeah, and then the other guy uh, that did it, 
was uh, uh, Paul George did it uh, one one shot as well, and it's just like, come on, guys, it's just terrible Seriously. basketball. And it makes that the Houston OKC matchup not very fun to watch for me, especially in crunch time, because of like the game today. The last five minutes was Harden, Lou Williams, and Westbrook trying to do that every single possession. Yeah, it's just it's not good basketball. No, I, I, and yeah. uh, Van Gundy and uh, Mark Jackson are. I love Van Gundy, but Jackson just oh, that's smart basketball. It's what you got to do. I don't care if it's smart <laughs> basketball. Like. Uh, it, it's terrible it to watch. Depreciates, the game depreciates down. the game for sure. Well, and the other side of that being, keep your hands up. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Although that being said, if there's anyone that's a master of grabbing that arm and somehow putting it into a shot, it's uh, it's James Harden. Although oh, yeah. Kevin Love yes. is probably the forward version of that too. Yeah, he, he is master. Well, it makes it impossible for for teams to go over the screen. Right. If there's a chance of getting a three point or three free throws every single time. Yeah. So right. that's and if you can't go over over the screen with those against like Curry or or Kyrie even for that matter or any of these other good three point shooters, you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, so my they, opinion they need is to do something about that. NBA players need to be delivering more hard fouls out on the perimeter. And <laughs> Well, that's, that's always my, your answer. Dave. I know. More it's, hard like, fouls. it's like if they're going to do that, then you leave a bruise on their arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. Well, by the way, and by the way, OKC lost that game because they failed to deliver a hard foul at, at any point in time. And yeah. they should have fouled. And I mean, they had, there were some ridiculous things that happened in the last two minutes of that game, including the Steven Adams bricks a, a second free throw back to himself, kicks it out to Russ for a, like a 30-foot three-pointer that, that he swishes, and they get back like one point. It was like back to a one-point game, but then they just failed to foul, uh, you know, to, to and they somehow got the ball up to Nene, who had, Nene, who went 12 for 12 in well, the game. Well, yeah. yeah, and Nene, uh, I, I kind of one of those sneaky free agent signings this last season. He's been huge for them. As but he was washed up two years ago. Like, Nene hasn't done yeah, anything he, for a while. Well, he was horrible in Washington. Yeah, no, but it's that's like, what I'm saying. It's yeah. Like first, yeah, of, of, the, of the Rockets or something. Yeah, but like I when, felt like, you know, that would he would be so great as the Cavs' third center right now. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be so perfect, but... Yeah, you know, so like, would uh, Eddie Tavares <laughs> if he played. I think he'll play... I think he'll play depending on the on the the matchup. I think if they wind up against the Bucks, they may keep Tavares active. To, I I don't to, think Tavares plays at all. Knowing you don't think so, Ty Lue. I, I think yep. I think you you may want to have him on hand just for just for uh, Monroe because well that's Monroe's true. unstoppable. I think can handle Monroe. Well, yeah, but yeah, Monroe, but Monroe comes, comes off, off the bench. bench. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather play Tavares against uh, Thon McCurr. <laughs> Thon, Thon I mean, McCurr starts. Yeah, but they're not going to start him. I mean, that, they start Thon Maker. So yeah, but that, he's like a token starter. He right. played twenty-four minutes the other night. Well, yeah, but he's like an Andrew Bogut starter. Most of the time, he plays like twelve minutes. Yeah. Right. 
but they're not. My point is, they're not going to start Tavares, so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna start, and then TT's in the, the just the Lou rotations. Tristan's not going to match up as much against Monroe, yeah. So we're going to wind up having Channing or Kevin against Monroe, and I don't know that those guys are going to be they're they're going to have the length to deal with Monroe. Yeah, it's going to be a totally different style series. Um, uh, if they play the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks run so much more than Indiana does. It, it it's just going to be totally different. It, it's going to be a weird clash of styles. So, yep. And then the either, course, either team. I hope I hope the Cavs spend the next week working on their transition defense. <laughs> yeah, transition defense, and then um, just getting some more plays in the playbook. I think would be really helpful. Yeah, this yeah. week off is going to be great. Yeah, yeah, and that that that's been huge for them. So, anything Utah's, Utah's yeah. back in front, ninety four, ninety one. Yeah, ISO ISO Joe has gone twelve of sixteen for twenty six points. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, talk about another yeah, guy speaking of washed who, up. Yeah, washed up who's now like actually doing something. Well, <laughs> and it's funny because everybody was like, "Wow, they gave Joe Johnson that much money, and he went there, and then." <laughs> and then it seems like just the perfect get for the playoffs for them too. It's like he's a total guy that's going to give you more in the playoffs than in the regular season. Yeah. And and people forget that I you know Iso Joe, what was he on the Nets for 2 years? Yeah. I mean that awful Nets team. So teammate of Paul Pierce who he's playing against tonight. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, um so in no, Pierce has played a lot of minutes. Has he? Well, for Pierce, he's played twelve. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pierce. Every time I've seen him this year, he just looked done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you can't you can't trade his career. You know, he's a career that ninety nine point nine percent of NBA players would love to have. So sure. Um, any you know, as we watch Utah's seventeen five run here. Any uh, parting thoughts? Uh, anything you want to pitch? Anything on your mind, Cavs wise or otherwise? Eg, um, I'm just really glad they they pulled they they put them away in four games. Obviously, they were all hard fought games. You know, I, I got sick of hearing announcers say, "Well, the you know the, this could easily be a could have easily been a, a two one lead for the Pacers." Where it's like, "Come on, guys!" Like. You could say if all day long, but the Cavs hit the shots and the and the Pacers didn't. The Cavs right. won the games and the Pacers there, didn't. There's a reason Paul George wasn't open and CJ Miles was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and that's a that's it's always going to be a lesser 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 percentage shot if it's not your superstar taking it. So, yeah. I'm or, just glad or at least a guy who has that pedigree of hitting clutch shots. You know, yeah. CJ Miles ain't Robert Ory. No. <laughs> I mean, look on on the on the flip side, it's like last year. It, it's going to feel like forever until they play again. Because literally, I think that they even if one of those teams wins it in six, I think that the no, they've first, already said the first game is Monday. Yeah, so it, you know, no matter what, like they've got almost like a, more than a full week off. Um, they weren't that far away in Indiana anyway, so it's they're going to be well rested. And yeah, a lot I'm of sure Cavs, we'll get all uh, of the. A lot of the media yeah. was driving to the games. 
Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of the rest versus rust arguments and things like that. And, you know, I, I don't think it'll have any bearing on this team. If they're an older team, and uh, after all the minutes they play, the starters have played this year, uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll all be more than happy to have a week off. So, And I'm sure they'll be ready to try to do it again. No, so they I, can... I think it, it, it's absolutely awesome for them. I mean, they certainly seem like... I mean, we they complained the whole season how they didn't have enough practice time, so this is this is great for them. So. <laughs> Plenty of time to practice that yeah. defense. Sam, anything uh, you want to pitch? Any parting thoughts? Yeah, I just thought the series was was nice from the standpoint that you know we didn't have any games that was a classic, or at least for this team, you know, full throttle, high efficiency Cavs offensive games where they just looked like a dominant top two team in the league. And despite that, they won every game. So, I mean, the last few weeks of the season, we had tons of those games where they didn't pull out the victory. So just the fact that every single one of those games was close and we still came out on top, I think it's this team is starting to head in that mode again, get back to playoff basketball, get back to to playing at a a higher level, and I expect to see them start playing even better moving forward. So I think this this uh, was a pretty encouraging series for the most part. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you. Um, yeah. And, you know, what I said about um, LeBron the other day, the dude is just really good at winning basketball games. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a difference between being able to score a lot of points, get a lot of rebounds, get a lot of blocks and knowing how to win basketball games. And, you know, it's all about controlling possessions, knowing when you got to turn it on, when the other team's having a lull, when you can kind of coast a little bit, uh, conserve energy and then how to close it out. And LeBron James is really, really, really good at winning basketball games. And <laughs> my bet is that by the time he retires, he'll have won more games than any other player ever. Um, yeah. Because I think that's true. He just, it, he's so good at every phase of the game, but, you know, just being able to know when to, you know, attack and when to walk it up and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just really impressive. Um, yep. the other thing that I wanted to pitch, uh, the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix. It's fantastic. I've watched two episodes so far. I'm an old Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan yeah. from back in the day, but uh, one of my favorite Fun. shows of all time. But the new one features, uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, but it's got Patton Oswald, uh, Felicia Oh, Day. he's great. Huh? Oh, yeah. He's Patton, great. He, he's yeah. great in the show. Um and I'm trying to remember who the new star is. Um, and I believe it's, uh, Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray, who's a comedian and, and, and a pretty funny guy. Um, yeah. and so yeah, the, I've watched two episodes. It's fantastic. Uh, a lot of fun on Netflix. So, uh, nice. if, if you're looking for a fun way to kill 90 minutes, um, that, that's a good one. Uh, it's more fast paced than the old show. I will say the jokes fly a little more hot and heavy. So the old show could be a little languorous or languid at times. So 
Sorry, also, uh, new new uh, season four of uh, Silicon Valley starts tonight too. So, oh, uh, excited for that! A uh, lot of yeah. lot of Silicon Valley love on Cavs the podcast over the years. So, uh, it, it should should be a good season. And then should be another fun season. Yeah, and then lots of fun new movies coming out. I'm excited to see the new Alien and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. The extended toy commercial is coming out. So, <laughs> I mean, it is it is reached Star Wars level proportion with that show. Yeah. So, um, I, literally every every other commercial, it's either Guardians or Alien or uh, King Arthur. Yeah. 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 So, um, and with that, uh, it looks like uh, Utah is up by seven with about eighteen seconds, and ISO Joe is going to the line. It looks like uh, the the Jazz have won, so the Clippers and the two, Jazz two. are going to go to at least six. So yep. uh, that should be a fun series. Hopefully, hopefully the Jazz can pull it out and give the Dubs a run for their money. And that's, yeah. that's who especially because they have the the lesser of the injury problems now that Gobert came back and had a decent and game. Well. And, yeah, played really and well. Hayward, actually, Hayward should recover from his food poisoning by next game. So yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, and as always, go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers.